But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labour bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of earth, and he will be our peace. This is the word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is Luke 2, verses 1 to 20. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. While the angel, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So we're finally here. Christmas Day 2022. It's always quite an effort to get to this point, isn't it? Uh, for families with school-aged children, at uh, the end of term four means adjusting to a very different routine. You have to juggle work, preparations for Christmas, and children who are getting more excited by the day. And the preparations for Christmas alone uh, can take it out of you, can't they? Never mind anything else. The decorations, the tree, the lights, and then there's the shopping. Raise your hand if you like shopping. 
Oh, not that many. A few, a few. Okay. Uh, um, I quite enjoy shopping for people, uh, but I also find it a little bit stressful, especially when I've got no idea what to get and Christmas is getting closer and closer. Uh, then there's the planning, where you're going to have Christmas dinner, what you're going to cook, who's doing what. And last but not least, the wrapping of presents and what a mammoth task that is. I think I spend at least two hours every Christmas just trying to find the end of the sellotape. Huge amount of time and effort and money goes into Christmas. But what's it all for? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. Why Christmas? Why is this important? Well, firstly, I think the perceived importance of Christmas varies tremendously from person to person and family to family. Obviously, as a pastor, I'm going to say uh, that Christmas is tremendously important because of the reality and the message that underpins it. Uh, But not everyone sees it that way. Generally speaking, I think uh, there are three main ways that people approach Christmas here in Australia. So the first is to have a massive celebration with all the decorations and the presents and the food and everything else, but with no reference to Jesus. A celebration with no regard for the thing that is being celebrated. Imagine you went to an extravagant birthday party uh, where the person hosting the party had pulled out all the stops. Uh, The house was decorated beautifully. The table was laden with a huge array of delicious food, a big pile of presents, uh, exquisite-looking cake. You could see that great attention to detail had been paid with every aspect of this birthday party. So let's say that you turn up with your present, but you can't see the person whose party it is. So you say to the host, "Uh, where's so-and-so? I want to give him his present. And the host turns to you and says, well, he's not invited. That'd be bizarre, wouldn't it? It would be like, well, what's the point of this celebration? So that's the first approach. Celebrating Christmas but with Jesus excluded. The second approach includes Jesus, but just for one day, or maybe for a week. Many people are drawn to the Christmas story because they recognize it's important to to acknowledge the true meaning of Christmas. And that acknowledgement can be singing Christmas carols, or watching a nativity play, or uh, attending a service, or whatever it is. And I commend that approach, but I strongly recommend deepening it and extending it. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a few moments. But going back to the birthday party analogy, acknowledging Jesus at Christmas and only at Christmas is like holding an extravagant birthday party, inviting the honored guest and then effectively banning them from the house for the rest of the year. Again, that would be a very strange thing to do. When I was growing up in the UK, the RSPCA would run an advert every year. I don't know whether you uh, had them here in Australia, but it would encourage people to think very carefully uh, before they got a dog for someone for Christmas, because after Christmas, the RSPCA is always inundated with uh, dogs that people can't look after. And the strap line was always 
a dog is for life and not just for Christmas. Did you have those adverts here in Australia? A few nods. Okay, good. So uh, I would want to say Jesus is for eternal life and not just for Christmas. And when we dig into the meaning of that, we see that it is very, very good news. On the very first Christmas, an angel appeared to the shepherds on the hillside and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, that Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news, joyful news for all people. And when we look at the Christmas narrative in the Gospels, we can see beyond doubt that it is for all people. In Matthew's Gospel, we see that the angel appeared to this group of shepherds. In first century Jewish culture, shepherds were regarded with the utmost suspicion. In fact, in a way, they were the least religious of all Jewish people because they were unable to worship in the temple. They were in the hills tending their sheep. So shepherds were thought of as these irreligious, untrustworthy men, and everyone kind of looked down on them. But that is who God chose to be the very first to receive this wonderful news. And then in Luke's gospel, we hear of the Magi who came from the east to worship Jesus, a group of pagan astrologers who almost certainly worship false gods. From a Jewish perspective, you couldn't or God couldn't have chosen a more unlikely group. But God did choose them. And it's a clear indication that the Jewish Messiah is not just for Jewish people. He's for everyone. He's for all people. So the shepherds raced off to Bethlehem to find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And we have this familiar scene. Uh, We probably seen it on Christmas cards and in nativity plays. You may even have a little model of it somewhere in your home. A stable, a manger, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, some shepherds, three kings, although if you were here last week, you know that they weren't kings and there probably uh, weren't three of them, but uh, that little scene, it's familiar, isn't it? And it might seem cute or wholesome or homely, but if we stop at this scene, we'll miss the reason why the birth of Jesus is such joyful news for the whole of humanity. The angel declared, a saviour has been born to you. And our skit this morning that the children performed went beyond the birth of Jesus to his life, his death, and his resurrection. Uh, And It finished with, Jesus will be with us always, and that is longer than a really, really long time. That skit had an eternal perspective to it. That baby who was and is God grew up, and in the words of that skit, he did lots of cool stuff, which means he showed us in person exactly what God is like, his love Compassion, kindness, goodness, mercy, strength, perhaps strength in a way that not the world doesn't always recognize, but strength nonetheless. 
his willingness to search out the lost and the broken, his desire to see sinful human beings like me and you returning to him. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. He's the only perfect person who ever lived, and yet he was crucified by those he created. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's often a reading that we have at Christmas. The word became flesh. The word is Jesus, who is God. God took on flesh so that that flesh could be scourged and pierced with thorns and nails. God took on flesh so that he might die. On the cross, Jesus bore all the world's sin and wrongdoing, including yours and mine. Therefore, if we put our trust in Jesus, God will look at us as if we have never sinned, and he'll begin to transform our lives and our characters by the power of the Holy Spirit. So at Christmas, we look beyond the stable to the cross. But it doesn't stop there because three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus has defeated death so that you and I might have a relationship with God that lasts forever. So we look from the stable to the cross to the empty tomb, but we need to go even further than that because Jesus is alive and he's promised to return. And when he does, all that is wrong in the world will be put right and God's kingdom will be fully established forever. That is the good news that the angels proclaimed on the hillside. And it is good news for everyone who is willing to put their hope and their trust in Jesus. Now, we're all here today because we recognize that there is more to Christmas than lights, baubles, presents, and pudding. There is a message and a meaning that is of vital importance to each one of us. Now, earlier on, I said that there are generally three approaches to uh, Christmas here in Australia. Uh, There's the huge celebration, but with Jesus left out, Jesus excluded. Nearly. Uh, There's the huge celebration. The second uh, approach is a huge celebration with Jesus included, but for a limited time, one day or a week at the most. But I didn't give you the third approach, and the more astute among you may have been wondering whether I can count. But the third approach is this, to have a huge celebration as part of an ongoing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So we don't just acknowledge that this story is important. We, in a very real sense, enter into it. And we do that by making our relationship with Jesus the very foundation of our lives. And so the hope, the love, the adoration, the worship, and the joy that I hope we'll all experience today, we extend it and we deepen it. And we make it our life's aim to draw closer to Jesus in the knowledge that we will be with him forever. Jesus is for eternal life, not just for Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that in your son Jesus we have hope, not just for this world, not just for this life, but for the life to come. We thank you that Jesus has promised to return and make all things new. And as we celebrate his birth, we also look forward to what is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.